Good day, church. I'm glad you are here this morning or this afternoon or this evening, depending on when you're watching this. Um, I just hope uh, your life situation is well. Whether you're still at home, whether you're at work, whether you're working from home, or you're just pacing the floors waiting for this virus thing to disappear, I am glad you were with us this morning. Maybe you're reflecting on your life and wondering, am I on the right track? How am I doing? And where am I going? This morning's message is about believing in Jesus' sacrifice, accepting Him as my Savior, and repenting. With all this should tie in together. But first, let's take a quick minute and see if you have things for communion we will be partaking from later on in the message. As you are doing this, turn up the volume or put it on pause and go get your things. And while you're out doing this, I will pray. Father God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for this day. We thank you for being in it with us. Father, just uh, forgive me for uh, being um, sinful, Father, that this message may come out with your words, your truth, and uh, just a powerful thought, Father, of how much you love us. And we are so glad you're in it with us. And we think of those this morning, Father, that are hurting in hospital. And we think of Donna and um, others that are just uh, are leaning on you, Father, for strength. And we think of Roger uh, still in there. been a while, Father. And we just, we just thank you for them both. And we just ask you to strengthen them, to heal them. We think of our seniors that have been uh, cooped up in their homes or their apartments for the last month or so, Father, that they would just still be pulling on you for their strength and their encouragement. We think of uh, Braden as he pastors through this season. We just uh, ask you to give him strength and encouragement and your wisdom. And we just thank the whole fellowship, Father, that we just thank you for who we are as a body of believers and that this morning we come to worship you, to praise you, and to glorify you for who you are and what you are to us. And it's in Christ's name. Amen. So I will start off this morning by uh, going over some of the previous messages that you've heard. Uh, one, that there is a God and created all things. Uh, we have separated ourselves from him by our sin. And God promised a solution for our sin problem in Jesus. Uh, Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sin and rose from the grave on the third day. Today's message is we are to believe in Jesus' sacrifice, accept him as our Savior, and repent of our sins. Uh, next week, we'll be we to follow Jesus with our whole lives. And the last one will be when this life is over, those who follow Jesus will go to be with him in eternity. So that is where we've been and where we're going to be today and where we're going to end up. So this is the mechanics of the gospel. So believing in Jesus' sacrifice... We have learned in the last couple of weeks that God loves us but doesn't like sin, which is putting it way too lightly. And he loves us so much that he had to send his son to the cross. For it was told in Isaiah 53, a confirming text of what was to come. Take time to read this over and see it for what it says. The prophecy speaks of a Messiah, Jesus, who would suffer for the sins of all people. Doesn't this astonish you? Why would God choose to save the world through a humble, suffering servant rather than a glorious king? The prophet's purpose was to call the nation of Judah back to God, to tell of God's salvation through the Messiah. 
See, this goes way beyond human thinking, way beyond our pride, and way beyond worldly thinking. But that is our God, who works in ways we don't always understand and totally don't expect. He is a righteous God and a God of justice, so he can't go against himself by allowing sinful men to be in his presence. This is where Jesus comes in. So God justified his actions by sending his son to the cross at this atonement for our sin, so that his creation, us, which he loves more than anything, could have this relationship with him in eternity. Like it says in Romans 5.8, But God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. A true sacrifice is giving something that costs. If it doesn't cost you anything, is it really a sacrifice? And Christianity is not for people who think they are, they're already good. But it's for us, the people who think and know that they've failed and want help. Do you really understand this word love? We seem to use it so loosely like, I love my shoes or my job, or my trains? What about love for our children, or our spouse? What does it mean to give yourself to someone completely? We get mixed up with things like friendship or commitment as love. But to put it all on the line, to give up a son for someone else, how deep is this love that the Father has for us? So to start your journey, you must start at the cross, if you have come to the point in your life where answers are just not there, take a look at your life. Are we just here just to be here? To get the biggest bank accounts, more toys, and neglect everything else around us? Do you think, what it, do you think you've got what it takes to stand before the Almighty God and say, I think I'm perfect. I deserve to be in your presence. Maybe not. See, God's glory will shine through everything of this world, whether we praise him or not. They says the rocks will cry out. It just tells you so much about who he is. God, uh, in John 3.16, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pause there just for a moment and reflect on that statement. You with children, especially those that have just one, look at them and think this out for a moment. For every person who has sinned, mildly or majorly, your child will pay the price. And that price is to be put to death. And it's your call. That's a hard pill to swallow. But that's our God doing the unexpected. You see, without bloodshed, there is no forgiveness of sin, and that is what Jesus did by going to the cross. As we continue in John, whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. To believe is more than intellectual agreement that Jesus is God. It means to put our trust and our confidence in him that he can save us 
alone. It is to put Christ in charge of our present plans and eternal destiny. Believing is both trusting his words of reliability and relying on him for the power to change. As I look at my own life and see how much my sin controlled it, my bad actions, my bad thinking, or just not doing. Times when God opened a door and I quickly closed it because I thought I knew better or I thought they weren't worth it. As we see in the book of Jonah in the Old Testament, he refused the work of the Lord. So God sent him fishing for three days as the bait. And then he saw the light and went and did God's work. You see, God didn't give up on Jonah or me. That's where some consequences of things I did, but through it, he walked alongside of me, started to change my heart, and by the way, still working on it, helped me to see the sacrifice for what it was, a new start towards a purposeful life, a life of caring and a life of sharing, but not my popcorn. So here's a recap of this. So far we've seen in Romans 3.23, everyone has sinned. Romans 6.23, the penalty of sin is death. Romans 5.8, Jesus died for sin. And Romans 10.8-10, to be forgiven for our sins, we must believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus means Lord saves. Jesus came to earth to save us because we couldn't save ourselves from sin and its consequences. No matter how good we are, we can eliminate the sinful nature present in all of us. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus didn't come to help people save themselves. He came to be their savior from the power and the penalty of sin. Do you thank Christ for going to the cross for you, for your sins? And if you have or haven't, ask him to take control of your life. But this is one of the first stumbling blocks. All of a sudden, you have to give up something you hold dear to your heart because nobody really knows what you want or what you need, but God knows what you need to have, to have a life glorifying Him. Becoming a servant is also not on my list of things that I wanted to do. But God changes your heart. You start to see things for what they are and who He is and the price that was paid. Also, you could have freedom over sin and a relationship with God, the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and a life to the fullest, as it says in John 10.10. 10. The Apostle Paul writes, five benefits of Jesus' death for us, and we take them from Colossians 1, 12 to 14, which are, he made us qualified to share in his inheritance. He rescued us from Satan's dominion of darkness and made us his children. He brought us up or us into his eternal kingdom. He redeemed us, brought us freedom from sin and judgment, and he forgave all of our sins. In referring to believing Jesus for who he is, we see in John 6, 67, 69, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and asked, Do you want to leave too? See, some of the disciples had started to leave because they didn't understand what he was saying. Like us, Sometimes when Jesus speaks to us and asks us to do something, 
we see it as too big of a mountain to climb or too hard of a thing to change. And we start to slowly walk away. We start to forget the price that was paid. But Jesus brings us back to that. And so we would be grateful for being his children, that he won't walk away. And so when he asked the 12, and then Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. That is one of my favorite scriptures. No matter what is going on and how I change whatever I'm doing, it goes back to Christ. It goes back to believing who he is, his righteousness, his truthfulness, his faithfulness. That's where you go back to instead of leading and following others that aren't in your best interest. So it says in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Pretty bold words for a carpenter, wouldn't you think? So it says, as the way, Jesus is the way and the path to the Father. As the truth, he is the reality of all God's promises. And as life, he joins his divine life to ours, both now and eternity, and through eternity. For as we believe our lives should bring glory to God, refusing to bring uh, believe leads to a hardened heart. If your life hasn't changed, let's go to the control button and give it to God. And repenting is just like that. We come to the point where we want to change, but we don't want to give up our way of life or our past sins. But this sacrifice leads to a freedom over sin. We think that this God of ours couldn't forgive what I've done, but remember the cross. Jesus went there just for that reason. So bring it to him, all of it. Lay it down at the foot of the cross and think of it no more. I can remember about, oh, 100 years or so ago, that Dan Jacarton had a communion message and he came in from the back of the church with a Hawaiian-looking shirt on and, and, um, and a half a dozen suitcases on his, on his back. And the suitcases represented sin. And as he was giving that presentation, that message, we come to the point of understanding we bring everything to the cross. And that's what, we, that's what he represented at the time. But unfortunately, as he left, he took bags with him. And us do the same. We go, we confess, and we bring everything we got to Christ, but we won't let go. We haul the luggage back with us. We sometimes lose sight of what Christ is and what Christ has done. And when we hold on to things, we think we can fix it. We think we have the power to do it on ourselves. And so many times we've struggled and lost ourselves in this battle of I'm powerful enough. We have this great power within us through Christ. And when we 
refuse to leave the luggage at the cross, we start and we lose potential that God has for us. And we lose the potential of the Holy Spirit holding him back because we won't open ourselves up. We won't totally give ourselves to him because we don't think we are worth it or the price wasn't big enough for my sins. So we must repent, which just means acknowledging personal sin and turning away from it, doing us one around. Things that we used to do wrong in the past and our lifestyles of the present. Totally surrendering our lives to God and watching Him move. The key to forgiveness is confessing our sins and turning from it. When we repent from God, not only does He wipe out our sins, but to bring spiritual refreshment. Do you need refreshment? Are you tired of the way life exists for you now? Maybe it's time to get on your knees and be truthful. Not only to God, but to ourselves and those around us. Repentance may at first seem very painful because it's hard to give up certain sins. You start to see things in a different light. That decision that used to be hard to make will now become easier and clearer. You will see God's purpose for your life. Sharing how he has touched you, knowing that he lives in you, knowing his grace and his mercy are there when we mess up. Seek him, for he is waiting to give you all of himself. Trials will still come, but do you see them as a time to run away from God, or do you see them as a time to grow with God? They will bring you closer if you look into it and see God as a part of it. Draw on his strength and watch as your character grows and your faith and your trust will increase. So out of all this, there are three points again to review. Number one, Christ died to save us from our sins because we cannot save ourselves. He is willing to save all those who turn from their sin and come to him because salvation is from God alone. No amount of good works can earn it. Our trust must be in Jesus, not in ourselves or any other nation or power. There is no hope unless we believe in him. Trust Christ fully and let him rule in your life as your Lord. We can, number three, we can be refreshed because there is compassion for those who repent. No matter how bleak our situation how evil the world is, we must continue to be God's faithful people who hope for his return. Share with somebody how God has worked in your life. Share the good news of Jesus and see the difference in people. Have this unexplainable joy that people will long for, all because you and God are in this together. Start realizing you're not alone. You are not an accident, and you are special because God loves you. You matter to the creator of this universe, the creator of you. Now that you've heard what God has done for you, it is time for us to respond. If you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, or have stumbled, go before him now and ask for forgiveness. 
Invite him into your life. Let go of what the world is telling you to do and let God show you who he is. And he will give you a refreshing, purposeful life. Now, let's go to prayer as we finish off. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for this message. We thank you for the ears that have heard it, Father. May it have stirred our hearts. May it come to us to realize how much you love us, how much Jesus has done for us, how much he is doing for us, and how much he will do for us in the future. We just thank you for this time that we've got together. We thank you for the worship team that played earlier. And as we come before you in communion, Father, we just continue to worship you and thank you for loving us. And it's in Christ's name. Amen. So now we're going to go as we come to communion. Uh, now it's time to see what Christ has spoken of. He came to salvage our lost lives. This is a new covenant between God and those who accept and believe in Jesus. He has gone to the cross for us. He's risen out of the grave to conquer death for us. And now he's gone to prepare a place for us. This is what we remember when we come to this table of remembrance. So in Matthew 26, we read, you're going to have to give me, um, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread and when he gave thanks, he broke it. So I will give thanks for the bread now, and as it magically comes into my hand. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for this sacrifice, this love that you have for us, the obedience of your son to go to his death, Father, for us people that uh, don't totally maybe get it. Maybe we do get it, but we just don't respond to it properly. But those that do get it, Father, we thank you so much for it. We thank you for your willingness to love us that much that you sent your Son. So, Father, as we break this bread, we just partake in it together. And it's in Christ's name. Amen. So then he said he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it saying, drink from it, all of you. Again, just ask for a blessing. Father, we just ask that you would bless this cup. Bless it to our bodies as we take of it. Again, remembering the shed blood of your son. The agonizing shed blood of your son, Father. May it come in and quench us. May it revive us, refresh us. May we just totally acknowledge who you are in it. And we thank you so much for it. And it's in Christ's name that we give thanks. Amen. This is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So I thank you for being with us this morning or this evening. Uh, I hope you have a blessed week. Those of you that are shut in still, uh, continue to reach out. And those that are out, continue to reach in. And we just uh, look forward to a great week that we have coming up. And that uh, next week as a message is brought to you, that again, it will bring you closer as we learn the mechanics of the gospel. Have a great week. Bye-bye.